Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is up, everybody? A good afternoon or maybe morning or evening, depending on when you're getting to watch this. This is the PGA DFS First Look Show for the Northern Trust. It is playoff time. And for... Most of you that, you know, are either watching the NBA playoffs or going to be watching the golf playoffs this week. It's pretty cool. We've got the NBA playoffs going off at 1.30 every day. It almost feels like the NCAA tournament. So if you're watching us live, thank you for that. And if you're watching us on a playback, we'll also try and keep the information short and sweet as possible. So I am joined this week by Sal and Jeff. We have got a 500 to 1 winner to talk about for maybe five seconds. I don't know. Maybe we'll give them a little bit longer than that. But Outside of Jim Herman, did either of you have Billy Horschel where it really crushed you? Um, or I had Doc Redman and Kevin Kisner. So for me, I had the top five bets on those. So I was still fine and they weren't going to win. But Jeff, did you have Billy Horschel going on or, or uh, what was the highlight for you last week? No, my, my big thing was Doc Redman going into last round. I had a big bet on him. I uh, really liked him. Him winning also probably would have like, gotten me a couple more min caches or something like that on on DK, which would have been nice. Uh, I, never, I never really hit the the right combo of guys at the top with my other value plays. So, because I had some Henley and stuff like that. But um, for me, it was really all about Doc Redman going into the last round. Um, I was hoping maybe like Henley, <laughs> Henley could get up and do a top five or something, but uh, he never did. So, a little disappointing from from Doc, but, you know, he it's not like he wilted. It was just Horschel came out on fire, um, and then Herman, obviously. So nice for him to get the top five, kind of saved my week, um, at least made it not like a huge, huge loss. So Yeah, Sal, how about you? I saw you shaking your head, so no Billy Horschel, right? It, it wasn't a bone-crushing uh, Jim Herman win there? Yeah, no, it was the same as you guys. I had Doc Redman 80-1, to 1, and, yeah, he just he didn't, he didn't shoot anything terrible on Sunday. He just didn't go low. It wasn't anything catastrophic, but that was about it. I had the top 20 on Redmond and a top 20 on Burns, Outside of that, though, none of the outrights hit. I didn't have the 500-to-1 ticket, unfortunately. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the 500-to-1 ticket now. But before we do, I want to thank Superdraft, the sponsor of the show. Continue uh, support here. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. Experience Superdraft exclusive game mode multiplier. Say goodbye to salary restrictions and hello to lineup freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your very own dream team. This week, we get to do it with guys like Colin Morikawa, Tiger Woods, Patrick Cantlay, as we just talked about before the show. So you have countless lineup possibilities that let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want. Superdraft offers contests right now for NBA, MLB, PGA, NASCAR, MMA, and soon-to-be NFL, so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round. Sign up for Superdraft using promo code AWESOMO10. It's $10 free on your first deposit of 10 or more and 20 total free on your first deposit of 100 or more. 
Download in the App Store or play at SuperDraft.io. SuperDraft, no limits and more winning. Speaking of more winning, Jim Herman, this is the second time he's won. So he has more wins than Tony Finau now on the PGA Tour, which we'll just get that out of the way quickly. Um, but roughly, we get three a season of these crazy winners, 250 to one or above. Last year, we had Nate Lashley, Adam Long, Max Homa, C.T. Pan. I mean, it's going to happen, right, guys? I mean, Sal, when, when it does happen – do you just look at it as, hey, it's one of those three times and I'm just going to move on? Or do you think there's a way that you could find Jim Herman each and every week? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's pretty – I mean, if you just look at it, he, was, he shot 16 under on the weekend and he gained over six strokes putting on the weekend. So, yeah, I'm just going to chalk it up to being somewhat random. If you're, like, trying to – if you're just trying to somehow pick these guys off week in and week out, you're probably never going to hit. But the upside is, like, you throw a $5 bet on them and it's probably going to pay off if you do it for, like, five years at some point. So – yeah, it's just for me. It's just random. It's just, I don't really see a way in, in hunting these types of guys unless there's some sort of narrative that's really driving it. Jeff, there was no narrative driving it this week for Jim Herman. I mean, you know, I mean the fact that he's Donald Trump's biggest supporter or whatever, whatever it is, the other way around. Um, is there anything else that is going to make this guy come out and win? There's nothing we can do to find this guy, right? Yeah, we got the obligatory Donald Trump congratulations text ever or uh, tweet everyone was waiting for after. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's there. Here's the thing with, with guys like Jim Herman. Um, it's not that they don't have game. And Sal is right. I mean, if you, it's not actually a horrible strategy. You pick, and you have to pick the right events to do this the American Express, the Wyndham, weaker field events where the field out at the top is thinner. The top guys aren't really all in good form. And sure, spread a few dollars around guys 300 to 500 to 1. I, because there is some value in those players because they're at such big odds. Now, it, you might not ever hit these guys because it's so hard to determine when, but if you do do that strategy, make sure you do it at the right events and you know, target players like Jim Herman, who obviously he, he, the guy's got a little moxie when he gets in, in the, uh, in the mix. Right. So. Yeah. And he's got three wins. I, I, I forgot he had a, had a cross season win over there. Um, you know, in one of those swings, uh, it was an alternate field event. So he's got three wins. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to pet Jim Herman. He, I mean, Jim Herman ripped my heart out at the Barbasol last year. I'd tell you, that was it. Barbasol. 25 to 1, man. So, I mean, uh, I'm kind of glad I wasn't on Horschel. This guy would have been, um, you know, killing me twice in two years. But, uh, no, I mean, that that's the only thing you can say when you, when you see guys like Herman or Adam Long pop up. Um, it, those events do tend to see more – those those type of winners pop up more. So the weaker field events is where I would sometimes consider popping off. And again, not not big money because it's five hundred to one, but you could you could mix in a couple of guys like that. Otherwise, yeah, I mean you're pulling you know rabbits out of hats here if you have Jim Herman. So congrats, yeah, and, and maybe maybe a little bit more on the the side that we were able to find. All all three of us uh, mentioned Doc Redman as we talked about on the show last week too. And he had another good performance on a Donald Ross design uh, in a weaker field event, regardless of the par to, you know, par 70, par 72. Uh, is that a is that a trend or is that just Doc Redman is in form and we can look at him again right away this week? Uh, Jeff, I'll let you talk first on this one. I, I mean, it's a little bit of a trend. Obviously, uh, the, the guy is, is really good at hitting fairways and, and greens. I mean, he's not like a, a massive hitter. I think he, you know, reminds me a little bit of Colin Morikawa, the way he just kind of dissects golf courses. He's, I think he led the field in driving accuracy last week. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, very, very good at just taking what the, the course uh, gives him, I think. 
Uh, a player from the, you know, um, I, I know I did some research, obviously the U.S. amateur is really good when he gets in the mix. So, um, you know, when he's feeling it, when the course setup is, is to his liking, I think this is a player you'll see pop up and, and, and contend. Um, again, not, not, not a player like, uh, like, a you know, Justin Thomas is just going to go out there and just light it up with, with, um, his, his explosiveness or something, but, um, just very steady player. Um, definitely I've, I've become uh, more of an appreciator of that. I think after watching more Cal play and then doing a little bit more research on Redmond. So I think this is uh, that was a good setup for him. I think this week even actually might be a good setup for him. So you see, could see some continuation, but, um, when, when you get those, those kind of, um, I don't want to say easier venues, but just venues that are more straightforward, Fairways and greens, yeah, Doc Redman, definitely, uh, you should expect to be in the mix. Sal, he's uh, only 22. He came out before Morikawa did. Uh, uh, didn't go all four years to college, so, you know, certainly a ton of upside. This guy's going to be a PGA Tour winner here pretty soon, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. My friends in a group message actually texted, like, how old did you think Doc Redman was? And I knew he was young, but I said 24, and they were all thinking, like, 28, 30. But, yeah, he's, like, he's a uh, – very much the potential there. And yeah, I think we can continue to use him. I don't know so much about this week. I do like him. Like the one where he is like place like Memorial, like his around the green play has not been the thing that's shown, but everything else has been like, he's super accurate. His irons are very strong, especially in last week's field. And that showed. So when it comes down to it, like the distance might be his only thing, which is going to matter a little bit more here this week. And that's also going to like be included in long iron play, which is where he'll struggle a little bit more. So not sure if I'll jump back on this week, but like the price point's still fair. For sure. A um, couple of other notes that I had. Webb Simpson is an auto top five in his backyard. Whether he's If he's in just like a little bit of form coming into the week, he's an auto top five. Um, it's pretty clear. Jordan Speed is terrible at golf. Uh, I had a tweet earlier in the week that said, I don't know why people want to play him, and I should have just stuck to that. Uh, I let people talk me into playing him because I have a disease with Jordan Speed. My bad. It, it should end this week. Um, it's, it's okay. And the last note that I had, Eric Van Royen and Will Gordon uh, do earn enough to get status on tour next year. So we're going to see them a lot more uh, next year, which is great. I like both of those guys. I think both of those guys have some pretty good talent and some pretty good upside. So I like that. Uh, lastly, I'm going to talk about the golfers that gained through the bag. And what I mean by that is in all four strokes gained categories, got some interesting names on here. And I think that going into this week, you see with the previous winners, DeChambeau, Thomas, and McElroy, none of them were the leaders in any one statistical strokes gained category. Uh, when they won, but they all tee to green were in the top three. So it was really through the bag. So we got Doc Redman, Russell Henley, Jeff, kind of yep. showing up there. I, that was a pretty decent week for him. Finally Doesn't found the putter there late in the, late in the day. Yeah, he did. He did. You know, uh, I, I, it was a double, but it switched to a bogey, I guess, which uh, I thought that was going to knock him out of it. But in any case, uh, Jason Kolkrak had a bounce back, Tyler Duncan, Mark Hubbard, and Dylan Fratelli. So Sal, of those names, any – that you're interested to go right back into this week. I know we'll get into that a little later, but definitely a couple of good names on there that gained, uh, at, you know, everywhere last week. Yeah. I think for Telly, somebody that I was close to putting a top 20 on, he finished, I think right on it, like depending on your book, I think he was T20 last week, but he's been playing very well. And even if like the last month he's been playing fantastic, he's pretty much been threatening a top 20 every single week. He has two of them, uh, in the 22nd at the Memorial tough course, but he also withdrew because of COVID, which made his stats almost look a little bit worse. So he got the miscut for that one. But he's been playing fantastic even before that, right at the start, RBC, a top 10. So he's somebody that I keep looking at. The price point in the betting markets, it's definitely creeping up over the last month as I keep looking and tracking it. But on DraftKings, especially in this loader of a field, it hasn't been. So he's somebody that I'm going to keep going back to. 
he's pretty much gaining everywhere. He might have issues with his putter some weeks, but everything else, Tita Greenwise, has been looking great. Yeah, Jeff, any other names stick out to you besides uh, Fratelli, uh, Kokrak, uh, Russell Henley, like we talked about, back on Bermuda there. He, he definitely you know gained with the putter and was able to, but not going to have Bermuda this week. No, not going to have Bermuda, but he has contended at TBC Boston uh, back in 2014, the year Chris Kirk won. Uh, it should be a good setup for him, but uh, I think the other player I was uh, pretty interested in, Sam Burns. Um, he, he's yeah. been a lot more consistent with his approaches lately. Uh, kind of a, like, again, he's not the Doc Redman player where he's just going to hit every fairway and it's going to be like consistent, consistent, and can he just sink it up putts? Sam Burns is, is definitely like he'll spray it a bit more, but he's got way more length off the tee and definitely can heat up with the putter. So he'll come more in bursts. But another player, another young player, I mean, he's like, I think he might be 22. Uh, I fully expect Sam Burns to light it up one week at some point. Now, you know, I'm not saying he's going to win this week, but at some point uh, in the near future and, and get a PGA win, um, his, his irons are way more consistent last uh, last month, the last three events really for him than uh, they have been basically all year. So, Yep, it's, uh, it's, it's a great, great point there. Some good names. All right, let's move on to our DFS review where we go over very quickly some of the points and ownership and then go into some allocations from some of your favorite DFS pros. So first, we'll start off with the top 10 in DraftKings points. we got Jim Herman, 152. The guy had three eagles and 23 birdies on the week. Insane, 152 points. That's the most we've seen, I think, in a, quite a while. 129 for Siwoo Kim, including a hole-in-one. Billy Horschel had 128. Kevin Kisner, 117. Danny McCarthy, 117 as well. And when that guy leads the field in strokes gain on the approach, there's no chance he's not scoring over 100 points. He's too good of a putter. Uh, yeah, that was that was a good one. Webset, Webb Simpson, 116. Uh, Doc Redman, 114. Pat Reed, 112. Harold Varner had 110. Zach Johnson, 108. Sungjae, 106. Cameron Davis, Mark Hubbard, Russell Henley, Rob Oppenheim, and Jason Kograk, all over 100. So really high scoring. He had at least 10 guys score 100 points last week. So uh, DFS lineup certainly could have looked a little high scoring. In terms of how the chalk did, Webb Simpson obviously was the chalk. He came in sixth. Harris English 20th. Kevin Kisner fourth. So really good. The three top-owned guys. So some good information being passed out last week. All in the top 20. Ryan Moore and Brendan Todd were the chalk that missed. Uh, they missed the cut right on the number, both of them. Ryan Moore actually bogey the 18th to miss. Brendan Todd missed the 20-footer to miss. Brutal. Henrik Norlander, Billy Horschel, Pat Reed, Justin Rose, Sung Jam, and Paul Casey. So say about six or seven of the top 10 ended up inside the top 20. A couple of missed cuts. So even if, which uh, as you'll see in some of the allocations like I did, uh, I had a lot of horsel and such. If you didn't have the right correlated pieces, you're going to lose because the chalk, the field did very well last week um, when you look at this. So, okay, let's move on to the millionaire maker or half millionaire maker last week, the winning lineup. Crazy. This is the highest ownership, 100%. Sal, why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Were you surprised that this wasn't duplicated? Or because if there's two under ten percent, it gets the job done again. Yeah, I mean, anytime that you're going to have like Webb was, it, it almost seemed like I, I went away from him in single entry, but it seemed like a big mistake if you're going to do it in some of the mass multi entry or play a lot of lineups. Is this is this just a single bullet or was some this somebody MMA? Oh yeah, two two, two two entries, two yep. two lines. Right. Wow. Okay, so yeah, I mean. You knew he was going to come up with high ownership. I thought he might actually hit 40%, but 36.7% is pretty crazy. But, yeah, you just had everybody popping off for higher scores. You have the guys at the top of the leaderboard towards the end of it. I think it makes sense, like the lineup that you have here. We talk about Redmond a lot. We talk about Kisner and McCarthy and how they just set up for this type of event in terms of just what they can do with their putter if their approach play hits. 
and he just got that to happen. But yeah, the, the ownership, I, I guess it makes sense in some spots. If you just have one or two of those guys in the single digits, a lot of the time it can make a unique lineup just from that. Yeah, Jeff, 37% web and you're still able to put in, a, you know, two or three more kind of chalkier pieces and not have it duplicated. You know, I don't think I can fab, wait, uh, fade web here next year because of that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I really thought this lineup would have been duplicated as well. This is my first thought when uh, when I looked at it. I thought maybe he left like a ton of salary out there, but I don't even think he did that, did he? Like, do, do you guys know what this totaled? For the yeah, 50000 total. Yeah, and, uh, okay. yep. 50,000. There you go. I mean, I, I, that makes me more surprised. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, though, this is this does kind of show the power of getting a couple guys like around 5% or less. I mean, um, sorry, I'm just trying to squint here. Yeah, Hubbard being 6.4% and, and McCarthy, actually, I'm, I'm not too surprised he was that low. People usually just take take shots with him. Um, I think he was actually a pretty, pretty sharp play this week. I didn't get on him, so maybe that's something about me. But, um you know, at under 5%, yeah, I definitely think that shows you, you know, like, even if you're taking that shock, you can get to a unique lineup with, with heavier ownership, like like you said, um, if you have two guys that are, that are hovering around 5%, because it just, uh, those guys just are, are so valuable from, uh, for landing you uniqueness in, in a lot of ways, so. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, uh, also a, a nice shout out uh, to at uh, TorPix on Twitter for coming in second right. place. Yeah, guy that... Uh, Conducted the DFS Open. Really, really good guy, Joe. I don't – I probably pronounced his last name wrong. I'm so bad at pronouncing last names. But, Joe, congratulations to you. Came in second place. Really sweet lineup. Denny McCarthy was really the key um, last week for a lot of these. 4.9% owned and over 117 points. So, uh, Joe had him as part of his lineup as well and a great Sunday. So, okay, let's move on now to uh, – let's see. I believe I do the pro review next, and then I do our lineups last. Um uh, Jordan, you can uh, bang on the glass behind me if I'm going backwards there, and I'll switch it up. Okay. Uh, first, we're going to start off with Alex Osmo Baker, and he saw the same thing. Um, you see me on the bottom screen with Justin Rose, uh, one of the big plays. I, he was my fourth biggest play on the board. It was uh, uh, Alex's biggest. So, obviously, you know, no matter what he has outside of that, it's not going to matter too, too much. But, yeah, Patrick Reed, uh, Webb Simpson, he matched a little bit low on little interesting here, he, he seemed to go a little bit more allocation and certainly spread out. As you can see, Kevin Kisner coming on at 11% owned and is in his 10th highest owned guy. So seemed very spread out. Um, I'll have to talk to Alex to see if that seemed uh, better for his results in terms of uh, spreading out the losses or spreading out the gains, whatever it, it have you. Um, then me, I decided to, to go a little bit more aggressive on the high side. I picked a 7,700 guy that I was very high on, Christian Bezeidenhout. As you can see, Alex was high on him as well. That's a Harold Varner or something like that, or even Doc Redman, um, which you can see was both part of my top ten. Might have had different, but I had four missed cuts. I only had one in the top part, but when you got into the Ryan Moore, Charles Howell, JT Poston range, that fourth guy in the lineup, which a lot of that was, killed my lineup. So um, I did have double the field in terms of six of six. Still a negative week, though, uh, for me. 
Jeff, what, any any interesting notes uh, that, that you see there? Um, seems like pretty standard for what Alex has been going. Um, and I tried the a little bit more aggressive route, and the player just didn't pay off on it. Yeah, no, I definitely – I don't mind your your um, allocation there. I mean, I, I think there was a couple guys you could have gone to in that range. I mean, obviously, again, probably lower ownership on Hoot, but you had exposure to Redmond. I mean, Henley could have been another guy you could have put in there, but yep. just going overweight on a player in that range made a lot of sense. There were a lot of good plays in that range. Sure. Uh, I like going overweight on Kisner, especially if you're going to fade Webb. Like, you don't have to fade all the chalks, so Kisner was way cheaper. Uh, if he – you know, if he only gets, like, a top 20, it's not as big a deal. So that made that made a lot of sense. Um, it was a tough it was a tough week if you fade, if you if you faded Webb and there's so many good reasons to That's fade Webb. I know last week I said I think you should just play him, but there's there's still so many good reasons to fade a golfer when he gets like over thirty five percent. So sure is. Uh, makes makes complete sense. Um, I like Fleetwood too, just like Alex. So I was able to avoid the Rose disaster, but or you. Yeah, Sal, uh, you it's sent not, me. That's the only thing I wanted. <laughs> Sal, you sent me your MMEs. Um, sorry, I just didn't get it in on your your uh, picture, but next week I will. Um, seems like you had a lot of crossover, similar to, to my uh, player pool looking and, and Alex's as well. Um, you can kind of give a couple of yours and, and give a couple of notes on these first two. Yeah, I mean, I had Rose too. He was my fourth high zone guy at 23%. He was in 35 lineups. Outside of that, similar. I didn't have about half the field on web. Like I had almost 20% of him and still come in half the field. I was trying to, I would say I was trying to, I guess, actively do that. I bumped up Fleetwood's projection by like one fantasy point just to get more of him. Cause I was getting, you know, like 50% web and I just didn't want that at that point. Yep. Um, so move that down a little bit. Yeah. We got some of the, uh, as well. And then some of my like lower owned type of guys or, or more to, so like on the cheaper end towards like the 10% owned range, I had a good amount of Naismith. I actually played him in – I played cash last week for the first time in a while. I just liked the way that the lamps were. Played him in single entry. Kind of played him everywhere, 10% in this type of a field. I had Horschel, which helped, 18%, but he wasn't in any – had a couple of six out of six lineups. He wasn't in any that were really popping off. Spieth ended up being in a lot of those, which made the cut, but that's pretty much all I did because I had 25% of him. Yeah, he was my uh, second highest one guy. See, the problem is – the problem quickly with him is he can't putt right now. He yeah. – he, Probably missed about five or six or even seven inside of 10 feet. He would make all of those in years past. And if he can't do that, he's not even going to come close to the top 25. So um, I, I guess no no terribly big surprise there. Um, all right, let's, we can go on to our second one and look at some more aggressive plays uh, from Justin McMahon, the human uh, Cespedes is his username. Dylan Fratelli was a 72%er. I mean, it, he was another one, Jeff, in that 79, 78, 7,700 range that all of them ended up pretty good plays if you could piece them with Kisner and Siwoo Kim. Um, again, I like the strategy, but that bogey on 18 definitely cost him with Ryan Moore. Yeah, no, I mean, Ryan Moore was chalk. I wasn't, I wasn't super high on this week. I mean, whenever Ryan Moore gets chalk, he just feels like probably uh, a good spot to, to maybe lay back a bit. He's, he's just been super inconsistent with his putting around the green play. It feels like, he can he can put in a bogey on any kind of hole, you know, from the fairway. I never like it when guys start like consistently making bogeys or worse from the fairway. It just speaks to how kind of unconfident they are. So um, yeah, Ryan Moore, that that was chalk. I again, I, I I like the Kisner chalk a lot better than the Ryan Moore chalk there. Uh, Casey, I mean, I don't, I don't know about going again. Sixty three percent on Casey. I guess that's okay. Um, just does not Cam like Davis me. next. Sixty one percent. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that one's nuts. I mean, Ken Davis oh. is a scorer, right? Yeah, he does. So, Scored over 100 points this week. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that one, I, 
61 percent I mean, still pretty crazy I mean, but like 40 percent i would have got because again i don't mind taking shots with a player like that in a lot of ways it's similar with what you did with bizayden who right yeah um just the guy who can get really hot with the putter pile in a ton of points um but yeah that one is a little nuts um I, yeah, like I said, I almost like it more than the Casey play, um, just because, you know, trying to catch lightning in a bottle with Paul Casey in a weaker field event, yeah. I, I don't know, I would have liked spreading it out a little bit more, or just go over, if it's going to go overweight on one, you might as well just go overweight and go like 100% web or something, but it was really tough to play the top of this board. It's what makes these weaker field events so tough. So tough. Um, you always get a couple busts up there with, with guys who like never miss cuts and uh, mix things tough. You got to mix, so you had to have mixed in like Siwoo and and uh, Webb and, and Kinsner, um, yeah. the Fratelli, the Fratelli thing is is good. I mean, he, he ran up really well for me too. So there's so many players in that range who look good though. So uh, Sal, as we look down to petty theft as well, 43% on Webb and then English Connors, Casey. So kind of that that mid range. I I also uh, didn't see Casey, Kim Davis though. I'll, I'll ask you about that, and we can also ask Justin uh, too. Uh, 61% does seem high for a guy that didn't have any top tens. Um, but it ended up really, for the most part, paying off. I mean, if he found somebody else other than Ryan Moore, he probably could have had a good week with that much Cam Davis. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was at a weaker field event when he was at the 3M, but the last couple times we've seen him, we've seen the approach play clicking and, at least recently, the putter clicking, and that's kind of all we were doing last week. So if that's something he saw and that might have popped his projection a little bit more down in that range to get a lot more – I guess that's where it, it might make sense. I'm not sure if there's anything else that influenced it a lot, but yeah, you're seeing like two different completely approaches, at least for this week, like petty theft. I've, I've tracked some of his stuff for NBA and NFL mainly last year, but nothing for golf. This is the first time that I've seen it. So 56 golfers, I assume he, he went the full 150. I'm not sure though. Um, but that's something to look into. Just, it's always something I'm trying to do. I had 82 golfers last week, just figure out more of a sweet spot. That's right around 85 is where I feel comfortable, but seeing guys like, 31 lineups, like these types of ranges, 56, it's all over the place. And these guys have both had success this year in large field GPPs. It's something to probably start to experiment with. So I can tell you from, from my history of, of researching dad, this is a good tidbit um, that the average number that these, these pros uh, play is anywhere between 28 is the low to normally, typically Alex is actually one of the highest at 95, maybe a hundred. Right. I end up mostly at anywhere between 55 and 65 uh, most weeks. Um, so, yeah, it's just, again, it's also about how much what, – what are you giving your bottom 20 guys? Are you giving them 1% each? Which Alex does. That's the thing. Alex throws a lot of one lineups in with that core to try and hit the guy. And that's – that's it, like he says – like he said uh, in a tweet, it's a six-leg parlay that you're trying to hit. So um, that's a one way certainly to go about it. All right, let's try and hit a six-legged parlay this week as we transition into the uh, Northern Trust. And this year, Northern Trust, it's one of those, when the tour made a deal with FedEx to rearrange their schedule, basically they gave FedEx a WGC, assuring them that they'd get another event where the FedEx name would be littered over everything and they'd get the best golfers there, but they took away a playoff event. And a casualty of that happened to be TPC Boston. It was the biggest casualty of it. There's no doubt about it. It held an event for 18 straight years. Typically, it had the top 100 guys. The previous, I think it was like 15 years, had the top 100 golfers. This week, it'll be the top 125. The field will stay the same. Even if somebody withdraws, for whatever the reason, it will stay uh, at, at that minus the withdraws, 125 minus the withdraws. Or if somebody's not playing this week, which there might have been one or two opt-outs. I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to look at the field. But uh, typically, we see an over-par cut plus three or four. 
Uh, it is played, as I said, at TPC Boston, which is great. It's an Arnold Palmer and Gil Hans design. I've been to the uh, tournament probably five, at least five times, maybe six. It's closer to Rhode Island than it is to Boston. I know it's kind of weird because Rhode Island's really close to Boston anyway, but it was a hop, skip, and a jump for me to get to. A really fun event. Uh, and when you have Arnold Palmer and Gil Hans as the designs, you're going to get a great golf course. Uh, it's a par 71, 7,300 yards. The par fives, two of them are reachable uh, by the whole field. Three of them are reachable by Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, it, as we mentioned at the top, it's like a Kentucky bluegrass NA variation. So grass type you can pretty much just throw out this week. Uh, for the most part, average green size, 5,800 square feet. There is a drivable par four on the front side or very close to it that actually plays easier than two of the par fives in terms of uh, DFS points, which I thought was interesting. Sal, how much do the guys hit the fairways off the tee here? Yeah, it's, you're going to see it pretty similar to last week in terms of it's going to be in that 60% range, about 62% of the time. So it's going to be easier than normal, 64% of the time driving accuracy to be exact. So easier than normal. Same thing for greens regulations as last week. You're going to get 66% there, so both above the tour average. The thing that's different than last week is um, you're going to get more driving distance. So bombers, since it's easy to hit these fairways, they're just incentivized now, especially the way that the course is laid out, to just absolutely open it up. So you're going to see driving distance be one of the uh, just overall more length compared to a, core, a tour average event. So it's going to be a big difference. You can still have the guys that were doing it last week with really just their irons and putting do that again, but now they're going to have to focus on their long irons and not every single one of those good iron players has good long irons. So that's something else that you want to look into and just driving is going to be a little bit better. And when you look at just proximity to the green, that's going to be a little bit tougher. So when you're in your bad situations or you just don't set yourself up nicely, if you can sink a 30 foot putt and kind of escape, that's going to go a long way for you. You touched on some of the, the, the drivable par four being easy. Those par fives are actually really easy too in this course. That's where you're going to get a lot of scoring. So most looking at par five scoring and then the putting just in general, putting is going to be relatively easy here. So Similar to last week, just a little bit longer, so it's going to incentivize bombers a little bit more than last week. Yeah, Jeff, certainly uh, we've seen some bombers win in the last couple of years and, and definitely expect Bryson DeChambeau to open it up. Also, I expect to see the strokes gained off the tee this week really come from the distance. Rather, last week it was really a mixture between the accuracy. Doc Redman was, I think, number one or two in strokes gained off the tee and was number one in driving accuracy. Probably yeah. not going to be that way this week, right? Probably not. Uh, yeah, definitely more incentive to you can you can get it out there. You can, uh, just especially on the longer par fours, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit more room down there. People will will want to try and get it down the 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 fairway, just trying to make them more birdie holes. And those are holes where if you miss the fairway too, or you don't you don't get it too long out there. They they turn into really tough holes. So interesting course for sure. But it's actually I think it's one of the players' favorites as well. Um, score, it's kind of just a mix. It's like scoring holes or really hard. I think you mentioned the cut often being in like the plus range, but yeah. the winning score will still get up there. So again, you'll see guys like shoot 63, but then you'll shoot, see other guys shoot like 76. Like it's, it's a, it's a course where you can really blow up or go low. Uh, I think that's what makes it so good. So. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, some past winners, like we said, you know, Fowler and Kirk a, a big time ago, uh, but most of the big hitters uh, play pretty well here, no doubt about it. So uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we've got the NBA playoffs back, and we have got a good promo code and promo going on if you're not already a member to join in for the playoffs. It's promo code MAMBA. The NBA playoffs are here. Get an awesome plus weekly pass for only eight twenty four when you use promo code MAMBA at checkout. That's 50% off all Osmos premium NBA tools and content, including player projections, ownership projections, the boom bust tool, and more. This offer is valid through Mamba Day on 8-24, so about a week. 
Now we click when we go over to our first clicks and bets for the week. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. One of them we already talked about before we came on air that I am willing to sink money again into this week. And Jeff has the last three times he has played. My first bet is Patrick Cantlay at 35 to 1. Seems like a good fit at minus 16. I think it's a good winning score for him. Jeff, are you following me right into that train again, or do you got somebody else that might be a better first bet this week? I mean, I, I think eventually I'll probably get on there. I still haven't made my decisions uh, on the top of the board. I've actually been more, more just like taking advantage of some of these bigger prices on players uh, that I like down the odds. So more long shots. Um, I, I can't complain, though, with Patrick Hamlin in the 30-1 to 1 range. Like I told you before, I was kind of hoping he'd still just be at 25 again, so maybe I wouldn't have to bet him. But um, when he gets in this range, I think he ends up being a pretty good bet no matter what the event. So – um, can't complain with that at all. Like I said, definitely a guy could definitely end up with uh, a big investment in again. But um, the first book I made was Siwoo Kim. Um, like, I, I can't figure out the price. I mean, he's 33 to 1 last week. P3, um, the dude has gained like over four strokes on approaches and three of his last four starts. T13 at the PGA, and his price like triples. Like, you can get him at plus. Uh, uh, like plus 10,000 on, on DK Sportsbook right now, I think. So I think I got him at like uh, plus uh, 9,000 with the with an each way on a different on a different book. But um, dude, like I, I will take this all day right now. I mean, obviously a player who knows how to win, not as scared of elite fields, um, absolutely in form right now. Yeah, he's just, he can be streaky, but um, I, I'm I just feels like it, way too big odds. So that was my first click for the week. Yeah, and Sal, he probably should have won the golf tournament last week. He made a terrible mental mistake. Okay, so it was a terrible, terrible 20-minute stretch. He was on the par 5, uh, fifth, I think it is. Uh, yeah, par 5, fifth. He hits just a bullet iron. Probably should have landed maybe five feet from the pin. Had a little too much backspin. Spun all the way off to the green, all the way off the green, almost into the bunker. Ended up making five from there. Actually, made a good putt for five. Comes to the next hole and decides to take out driver for no reason at all. Lost ball. Has to come back to the tee. Hitting three now. Ends up making double. Got himself back into the tournament, but still stupid. Killed momentum. Killed everything he had going on. Um, 100 to 1 this week. Did you look to him or Cantlay or somebody else? Yeah, so I actually looked at Cantlay. I have two best plays. One was Cantlay right now. 35 to 1 number. Uh, it's crazy. Like Cantley struggling, at least like DFS wise. Yeah. If he's in the upper nine or the 10 carry range, it's an issue, but like him struggling from just an overall general standpoint, but still finishing like T 35 on average 
is like his bad weeks when like bad weeks for everybody else is catastrophic, right? Brooks or JT when they miss a cut. So I think he's still fine. And now you get just a price discount on DraftKings, but you also get a nicer number uh, in the markets right now. He's just consistently been like 18 to 20 to one the last month or month and a half. So I took that bet. And then I took Brooks for similar reasons at 33 to one. We saw him miss the cut last week. So I think that's why we get the better number out of him. I like him in all formats, but the number at 33 to one, I liked it. We, I mean, he's competing, right? He was there on the last hole at the WGC. He was there till Sunday at the PGA Championship. So he's playing fine. We haven't seen pretty much in the last like month, month and a half, the putter at all click, and he's still competing. So if that clicks at all, I'll take the bigger number and sort of buy low here. I got him at 33 to 1 outright. Yeah. The thing about Kepka is uh, I would, I, I don't, shouldn't say, uh, I don't really want to uh, play him in scoring events like last weekend. I might have skipped over our, our lineup review, and I, I apologize here. I just uh, saw the time uh, going a little bit and want to make sure we're on schedule with all the sports that we have back now. So, um, Although we all cashed, I just want to say that all of us uh, for the first time probably cashed. So it's it's great that I didn't do it because it's the first time that we had a cash across the board, and then I don't do it. So you know that's just that's just the way it goes, right? Um, the, the way things roll. In any case, um, moving back to Brooks Kepka, of course I'm not going to play him in a field. So I did profit betting against him last week, but now that his price is back down, he's not the highest price golfer in the field. Will I play him? Probably not this week because I think I'd rather play Cantley. I know I'm going to get consistency. I think Brooks has already said that, you know, after the U.S. Open, uh, I think he's going under the knife. It might even be before that if he misses the cut this week and doesn't make it to next week, which would be the case. If he misses the cut, um, he actually has to have a really good week. I don't know, Jeff, do you know what he has to do? I know he has to do something good next this week to get the next week. It's got to be at least the top 10. He's in yeah. like the, the high 90s to 100s now, isn't he? I mean, I think he's at like 97. So, yeah. um, you know, he's got to move up like 30 spots. I mean, you have to have a good week. Definitely like a top 20 for sure. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, sold out on Brooks as well. Um, definitely worried about, you know, what he's – you know, he, I, he definitely seems like a player who is – I know he talks about like going out there and giving it his all, but definitely seems like a player who's already looking towards his off season. So – yeah, I, I totally understand. All right, let's move into our uh, top 20 values. This week, I'm going right back to Patrick Cantley as my kind of value pick in the top 20 value. Plus 175, he has just not gotten his putter going. I mean, he, he went through a strike to poles at the PGA Championship. Uh, I mean, 36 holes, maybe even more, bogey-free. So um, I like Patrick Cantley plus 175. My my bombs are my bigger plays. Tyler Duncan gained through the bag last week. He's 8-1 to one this week to, for a top 20. Sebastian Munoz's ball striking has been there. Made the cut finally last week, and maybe that's a step in the right direction. He is 10 to 1. Don't, you know, again, uh, these aren't huge plays. I just saw a little bit of value in the top 20. Uh, Sal, we'll go to you first here for your uh, first top 20 bet. Yeah, first one is a bomb. Uh, plus 800, 8 to 1, Sepp Straka. So you're going to get pretty good distance. Really good proximity player as well for a tougher spot. So if he can give himself an edge there, that can help him around some other guys in the field. And just pretty much average everywhere else except for around the green, but I'm not going to think it matters as much compared to some of the other stuff I'm looking for, like the ball striking to an extent, the putting, the approach play, all that stuff factored in. So Straka at plus 800. And then the other one's going to be Adam Scott. He's plus 225 right now. That was on, I think that one was DK Sportsbook I saw. But yeah, it's just liking the way that Adam Scott's playing. You get the distance still, you get everything, and at least the putter at the PGA Championship, the last time we saw him, was very good. So if you get anything like that, he's going to be right there and now a weaker field or slightly weaker field than the BJ championship um, for a top 20 performance. Yeah. I, I like both those. Uh, Jeff, how about you? So, I mean, right now it's for me, the the top two options here looking like a uh, young and Louis Ustazen 
both around plus 400 and, and like they're going off bigger than guys like Harris English. Yeah, Even my guy, Russell Hanley at, at one book, I know that they have bigger prices. That's just, that's not really right. I mean, we had pretty much gained throughout the bag at the PGA championship. He just couldn't putt. I think he lost like three strokes putting. Um, and then um, Byung Hanan, the same kind of thing. I mean, he, he was really good throughout the bag. He just had like a little bit of trouble off the tee at the PGA coming off two really good finishes. Um, it's kind of hit or miss with Byung Hanan. He's either going to come out and start well and probably easily hit this or just like blow up. But I think a plus 400, I like both those guys because I think those are slightly inflated prices. So. Fair enough. Uh, I like, I like both of those as well. All right, let's move in to our DFS uh, reactions, our first reactions, I should say. And now we've got a hundred in uh, 25 players in the field. Like I said, the top range JT is getting the top price. I thought it was going to be Bryson, but it's JT. Uh, and then Rory, no surprise. Then maybe it is a bit of a surprise for me. They, it goes DJ Morikawa Rom. Um, I would, I had it pegged for Bryson, JT, Rory, Rom, Morikawa. I didn't even have DJ up there. His DJ's price as drafting price is an absolute roller coaster right now, Jeff. Can you trust him in this top range? Morikawa wins. He's the number one player in the world as well. So there's uh, I want to put that on the line, um, which am I ready to call Morikawa the best golfer in the world? Yeah, I probably am because I'm, I'm in love with the guy, but, um, uh, Jeff, I don't know if you are. I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't like Colin Morikawa for this this event. I mean, again, it's not real. It's it's a bit of a longer course, but you know, he's just going to come out there and hit like every fairway, um, and, and just put himself in good position again. And we've seen the around the green game, and 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 Potter obviously just round into form. I mean, it's really hard for me to trust DJ at this price. I liked him at the PGA because again, you you were. He, you know, he's rounding into form. He was only 9K. Yep. He got himself into contention. Great. If he ended up like having one of those great weeks with the driver you, or, or the putter, um, the upside was there. But now at 10-4, the driver was really suspect. Um, the PGA in the last couple rounds, uh, he was saved by his putting. I don't want to rely on Dustin Johnson's putter to save me at 10-4. Much rather play Morikawa at that range or go up to even Rory McIlroy, who – has really dominated this course at times. So um, Dustin is probably going to at least first look here, be a, a complete fade for me. Sal, Roy McIlroy doesn't have a top 10 since the return. What's going on with that? Is that an easy fade for you? Or is there somebody else you'd rather fade in this range? And is Bryson DeChambeau going to win again on a driving heavy course? Yeah. I mean, Roy is probably somebody I'm going to get to, but I don't expect to be, over the field. I assume a lot of these 10K guys come in close to 20%, 18 to 20% on Bryson might pop off a little bit, maybe Rom for the price discount, but I would say DJ is the guy I probably get the least. And then JT, just because he's up top and I expect a lot of my ownership to go to Bryson. I'm fine on Roy. I'll probably come in around the field. I would expect like a 20% number to pop up somewhere in that range. I'm not too worried about what he's been doing. The putter has been kind of going since the break. And that's the big thing I would say, if anything, just short game in general. Um, but yeah, I think Bryson's the guy here that I'm going to be looking at. I expect ownership to be there, but Hopefully all these other guys kind of pull his down to keep it in the twenties and not get to the 30 range. I think that should be the case, but you get a spot where, yeah, he's incentivized to open it up. And like at some spots that we've been going to, you just saw the PGA championship. He was fine there. And we were saying, or at least I was like, okay, this might not be the greatest for accuracy reasons. And now you get a situation where that really doesn't even matter. So it's going to be a spot where you can just open it up and and go from there. So I like it. And then, yeah, I I think probably Ron for the price discount will pop up a little bit, but if you're worried about more cow is like, driving distance compared to other guys here at this price range. He's the number one like 
not only iron player right now in the last 50 rounds, but also long iron. So like that 175 to 200 range. So I'd probably rank it uh, Bryson, Rom, and Morikawa for what I'm looking for in this range. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting that now we're we're going to be putting another golfer. We're used to seeing at this point Rory, JT, Bryson, but I, I really think we're going to start to see Morikawa up here so much more. I don't yeah. think DraftKings is going to give us layups with Morikawa at 8600 in majors um, or in big field events. Yeah, I hope not. Exactly. I mean, the ownership was ridiculous. I mean, I went 50% and still couldn't, you know, get get it through. So um, that's just the way it is. Okay. Uh, let's go into uh, some salary really dumps because Jim Herman is the only one that got a bump from last week's field to this week. But some big-time price discounts. Obviously, Kepka after the missed cut goes down 2300 Tommy Fleetwood goes from a high price back down to value. So does Justin Rose, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, and Harris English. Some other movers, JT Poston, Brendan Todd, Ches Ravy, Brand Sanicar, Billy Horsell, Jordan Spieth. All the guys that were basically high-priced last week are now back down to values. Um, but I wanted to bring up that the mid-range, where they've only priced about 13 or 14 golfers the last few weeks, back to 18 and really strong this week. Versus, you know, at, at the major, I really felt like we got Adam Scott at 7,800 and Gary Woodland and Tony Finau. Uh, Gary Woodland's still there, but Tony Finau, Adam Scott, those guys are not so, uh, Sal, this range, definitely, we've got 18 golfers, including Tiger Woods, who was uh, photographed down at uh, Wingfoot today, only a couple of hours through Rhode Island, maybe only 20 minutes through Rhode Island, down to uh, Wingfoot from TPC Boston, very close to each other. So, uh, Sal, how do, you, how do you like this mid-range this week? I mean, much stronger than, than the other week. Yeah, much stronger. Like just the AK range in general. Um, well, just for the nine carries, we talked about like those guys with the betting. Um, I think Cantley and Kepka are the guys I'll get to. I'm expecting Brooks to be lower owned, so that's why I imagine I go there a little bit more. But Cantley's price point, I mean, I assume he's gonna be one of the highest owned guys, and that's fine. I mean, it, it's the consistency at ninety two hundred dollars. This is normally where you see like Xander and Cantley flip with Xander's price, and, and now you're just getting the same consistent players. So I'm fine with Cantley there. But this AK range, the couple guys that really stood out, Finau, just the profile of what he's doing. Um, in general with his distance and how his approach play has been overall ball striking is, is fine for me, but you've seen the putter the last month, he's been very good gaining strokes in all those events and, and significant strokes with his short game as well. So $8,800. I'm okay with that. And then probably Adam Scott at $8,400. Uh, Scott's somebody that I have the top 20 bet on right now. And I mean, we only saw him, he pops up at random spots, right? But he always produces and we've seen him playing very well. The putter was fine. If anything, maybe you're a little bit concerned about the approach play, but I'm okay with that because we know he has distance on him and the accuracy's not going to matter as much here. So Finau and Scott were the first two guys that I gravitated towards in that eight K range. Yeah, Jeff, I, I, I honestly, with, with how little they're playing right now and in, in their schedule that they're doing, I, I can't imagine Patrick Cantley and Adam Scott there being two better guys to start a cash lineup with if you're going that route, um, both in this range. Any other guys? Uh, it doesn't have to be cash, just a, a GPP, anything that you like in this range. No, Fino's definitely a player I'm interested in. Like I said, I mean, I may end up betting both Canley and Finau, but definitely like the price on Finau. Um, you know, Berger might end up getting a little bit um, overlooked here. He doesn't have, like, the greatest record at TPC Boston either, but his around-the-green play definitely should work pretty well here for him. So, could be a good GPP pivot. Um, I'm a little bit interested in Hideki Matsuyama, too. Not quite sold. Paul Casey's got a really good record at this event, too. Should suck some ownership. But, I, you know, again, if there's a player I was pivoting off to here, it would probably be Matsuyama for me over Adam Scott. Um, I just really feel like this this setup is, is good for Matsuyama. It's not overly difficult. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about, like, you know, crazy rough or anything. Um, he should just be able to go in there, dial in those irons, and, 
and take advantage of some of these either scoring holes. And then obviously, you know, he's a great long iron player as well. So um, Fleetwood is a guy who compl- I just completely – I was really expecting – He's been incredible. What is going on with his ball striking? Yeah, he absolutely tanked me on the weekend. I, I was in a really – mm-hmm. I, I think I told you this before. I, I had a really good 6-6 six six going and. Him, Patrick Rogers, Luke List, and like oh, someone else no. shot like 15 over par at the freaking Wyndham <laughs> to shoot like that much in a six of six. <laughs> I went from like top 10% lineup to like, you know, bottom Out of the like gash, 40%. Yeah. It was insane. I, I've never had a drop that big in a six of six. But um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Tommy Fleetwood, man. Um, really weird stats for him right now. Crazy times, but. Um, yeah, just looking at the bottom of that range. I mean, Scheffler obviously coming off the great PGA uh, really looks dialed in right now. So um, probably another play I'll consider. But for me, it's it's definitely you know Fina at the top of us too. And I think Matsuyama. I might I might leave Matsuyama over Scott. Yeah, uh, Sal, thirty four golfers going into the seventh K. Still strong, not as strong I believe as it's been in the last two weeks. You know, guys like Ricky, Billy Horschel who's playing well, Gary Woodland, Matt Wolf who's playing super well as well, Sung J M. Uh, Harris English, Cam Champ, Kevin Kisner, so still pretty strong for all intents and purposes. Any one stick out to you uh, more so than the others? Cam Champ, you know, driver-heavy course. Yeah, driver-heavy course. I mean, I, what is he, second in this field or somewhere up there? I think that um, yeah. towards the top end of this range, like you normally get the guys who barely get into seven carries. Like Paul Casey always like finds his way up here. It was Fina last year a lot, and they just pick up ownership. So it seems like early on Woodland might be that guy, but the way that Horschel performed last week, maybe not. So I want to see really what happens with kind of Horschel, Woodland, and Wolf's ownership. I assume that it's going to be lower on Wolf, even though he played well last week, just name value, whatever it is in that range. And if that's the case, he's probably the guy I like the most. I started him. Yeah, you're getting a guy who he hasn't been putting that great like the last two times we've seen him. The PJ is really where it blew up and everybody saw that. But in general, he's like above average putter probably in this field, especially when he's taking all the guys in the bottom end. We know what he can do with a driver. So everything else has been clicking. Like his approach play the last month and a half really when he's played competitively has maybe been the best stretch that we've seen out of him. Maybe things are starting to click. We saw it in a big boy event at the PGA Championship. We saw it to an extent at the WGC for about two rounds uh, until the weekend. So I like Wolf at that price point. Same exact price point as Woodland. So I'm assuming people jump there, which makes him an even better GPP play. Yeah, Wolf Champ, similar games. Um, maybe a little bit more upside with Wolf than with Champ uh, that we've seen so far. Although Champ has two PGA Tour wins and Wolf only has one, I, I don't really know. They're they're similar. So if one plays well, Jeff is the other going to play. I, I know that doesn't always go well, but in theory, if one plays well here, should the other play well as well? And could you just put them both in the same lineup for that reason? Yeah, you could. I, I mean, that it's a very they're very volatile players, right? Like, it, yeah. it, obviously, even if the ball striking is good. If, if the, the short game or putter doesn't show up for one of them, I mean, it still won't be a great week. Um, it's real. I think the, the thing I'm definitely interested in both of them for, for GPP purposes only. It's just going to be interesting to see where the ownership projections go on that wolf. Is this going to be the week where players finally just start piling on them? It could be, but I'm not so sure it will be. I think I agree with Sal. I think he'll still be a fairly loaned GPP play that, you know, with the plenty of upside. And I think if I had to choose between the two right off the bat here, I would take wolf. Um, he's just he's just shown to be such an explosive player. Um, I think this this setup too, uh, as opposed to the next two that are coming to the playoffs, this is the one that should fit him the best. It, it's got lots of scoreable holes where he can be aggressive. Aggressiveness kind of re- rewarded. It's kind of why I like Siwoo Kim as well in this range. But again, you look at the players under these guys in salary. Answer should draw sa- ownership. For sure, Kisner. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't. Even, I don't. I don't think Horschel's going to draw any ownership either. I, I, I do kind of like Billy Ho 
Um, so I think a lot of these players will still stay like fairly good in terms of ownership. I think the lower, the higher owned guys will probably come like with answer and stuff below some JM everyone loves to play. So yeah, it, it looks like a kind of a ghost spot for, for like rostering Wolf and GPPs. I agree. So here's my problem with Orschel. I recall a couple of years ago, it was, it was the time when it was a four thing. So, and we didn't have this like, uh, basically net tournament for the tour championship. So it's probably changed now, but a couple of years ago, he played well in the first leg in the 125 and was, I think through to the tour championship. And he just, he withdrew from this one midway through the second round. Like he was like, I'm done. I don't need to be here again. I don't think we're going to get that because we only have three events now and, and it all matters. Every point you get matters to your standings, but I'm kind of scarred from that. Not going to lie. So uh, maybe I won't have any ownership either. Uh, 6K, we've got like 67, 70 golfers, somewhere in that range. A couple of names that stick out. 6,200, Nick Taylor. Seems like an okay course for him. Tyler Duncan, 6,300, I mentioned him. Those are real bombs. But Duncan did gain through the uh, through the bag last week. So, Sal, below 7K, so in the 6K range. Anybody pop off to you? Yeah, I mean, the top end, maybe he'll start picking up ownership. But in this range, it's like 5% is like a heavy-owned guy. So, I've been on this Sam Burns run for like a month. Burns, I think yep. I played him back-to-back weeks now in my higher-stakes stuff and, and cash this past week. So, yeah, Sam Burns I'm going to keep going back to. And then when you start get, getting down to that bottom range, yeah, it's – it's a week where you can do whatever you want because of you can play Bryson and JT up top because you have Munoz at a six K flat. Like when he's making the cuts, he isn't performing great, but we know that normally good birdie or better player. He sets up decently here. Ortiz is down there at $6,200. Those are guys just drafting specifically that score when they make the cuts. And then the guy that I placed the 20 to one bet on uh, Sepp Straka, I like the way he sets up at 6,300. He's actually had a pretty good season, especially since the restart a little bit more and up and down since the restart, but overall pretty solid season so far. Yeah, Jeff, uh, how about you below, um, you know, below that number there? I, I know uh, Super Draft just uh, posted their contest for the week, uh, and we've got a couple of guys in there. The multiplier range that I'm not going to lie that I like, and, and again, probably low price, same on uh, DraftKings as well. Like Brian Armour had a really good week. Cam Davis, again, 1.55x on their multipliers, definitely well in the 6K range on DraftKings. Anybody interest you there? I might actually get myself some exposure to Kevin Na here. Um, I I really like the upside there. Again, you got to think about guys who can uh, not only make the cup, but maybe get themselves in contention. I think Na, again, I mean, obviously the injury concerns are well known at this point, but, you know, missed the cut at the PGA. That's not a good setup for him anyways. Way too long. Um, Didn't play last week, which you like. I think he's a player who – even with the back injury, he's probably aiming for like to make a good run now in the playoffs because he's in good position. So I really like that price on Kevin Na. And I'm not, again, I'm not someone who has played Kevin Na basically all year because I've just avoided him. I don't want to deal with the back stuff. I think this is a really good spot um, just for, for him in general. I think the course is okay for him. That short game should work on some of these like shorter holes and stuff like that. So definitely like taking a shot there. And then for me, you know, there's definitely players in the mid range. Taylor Gooch is interesting. Although I worry about his short game on, on a course like this a little bit, just really not good around the greens. I would yeah. almost just say uh, go down like Cam Davis. If, if you instead of just dipping in the mid range, maybe just go all the way down and make yourself some really unique lineups. Sun Kang, Danny Lee. Danny Lee's actually been playing a little bit better. So I, I'm probably going to at least some way get some exposure to him, maybe top 20 or something. Uh, player for feels like if he makes the weekend, he can definitely get the putter rolling. Lights bent grass greens. So, um, but Kevin, no, nah, yeah, uh, I'm probably going to dip my toes in that pool for the first time this week. So, 
Okay. I, I like, I like that call. So, um, we're actually going to move on to uh, – I've talked to Jordan behind the glass and secret code here, and he's going to bring up our lineups. we got to be transparent since we all got through the cash line here, so I, we got to show people we'll spend the last couple of minutes doing so. Of course, if you're looking for more stuff on the Northern Trust, come and check out Ben, uh, ben Raza and Timothy Frank's PGA DFS show tomorrow afternoon, 2.30. They go into a little bit more strategy. We get a little bit more time for ownership and all that stuff, so check it out. And, of course, if you're looking for some free – Awesomeo content. Check out our Awesomeo Facebook page and Instagram handle at awesomeo.com. And uh, you're going to get player projections for NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and more. So be sure to follow us on those social media outlets. Okay. We are going to go, like I said, and we're going to review some of our lineups here. The one that I have up on my screen first, looks like I got Sal going on. And Sal talked to me about this. We scored 525 with six of six. Henrik Norlander. I tried to get cute and went Charles Schwartzel over Henrik Norlander. It cost me 40 points and definitely 30 or 40 spots on the leaderboard. Um, looks like you got to him. Decent six of six lineup here. You got to be disappointed with Fleetwood, obviously. Yeah, I think I think I'm realizing now. I screenshot one of the cash contests. I'm not seeing the ownerships, but yeah, I mean, pretty much yep. Burns and Naismith were the low end guys. Redmond pretty much average, maybe a little bit under owned. Rest yep. had some ownership on them, but. Yeah, Fleetwood, similar to what Jeb was saying earlier, Fleetwood, even Norlander to an extent, it was just uh, not a great weekend for both of them. Norlander, they just kind of stayed stagnant. Norlander, Fleetwood kind of fell a good amount on Sunday, which was uh, the big heartbreaker, if you will. But I was still happy with the lineup overall. They cashed in almost every single cash lineup or contest. And then a lot of the higher stake stuff, it was cashing and, and even competing at times, really at the end of the day, Saturday, a lot was looking good. Reed went off and he was just playing phenomenal and it felt even better. His irons, I think, Something to point out the last, I think, two weeks, Reed's irons have been very well. And if, if that clicks at all, like, especially a place like this, like he's going to be in contention again. So, yeah, I would say Fleetwood was the disappointment. But when they all make the cut, it was just seeing what happens after that and just seeing how high it goes to score at that point. But I was on Naismith all week. I think I pulled back a little bit with the driving distance being up this week on him. But he's, he was still like 6,100 as another guy to call out. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, like in terms of like lineups for this upcoming week, I'll probably have Burns in there because I'm just going to run this thing until it, it completely fizzles out. Yeah, and he's got a ton of talent. He's only 22 or 23 years old as well, so it's not like we've seen a ton of him. Uh, Jeff, going over to your lineup, the Webb Simpson fade probably cost you a top, uh, judging by the contest, probably a top 30 lineup by going to Brooks over Webb. But that was, honestly, that was your only miss. Webb Ryan had 6,600, scoring 70 points. Honestly, that was fine for the type of contest that we're talking about here, that single entry or three entry contest. No problem with Webb, uh, Wes Bryan at 6,600, scoring 70 points. The other guys were big hits. Um, obviously we want to take back the web fade, but other than that, pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. I just did, you know, I, I did have some exposure to web. It just, again, didn't fall in this lineup. Yep. Um, I, I really wish I could just go back and just talk myself out of Capcom last week at all. I mean, I was never that confident that he was going to show up, but I think the problem was it's just, I wasn't confident in anyone at the top there. So it's like, I could pile in on, on Fleetwood. I think I actually had more exposure to Fleetwood than anyone at the top, but um, yeah, definitely liked all, again, another one of those weeks where I definitely had three or four like core guys that I really liked and they all kind of ended up paying off in certain ways and just couldn't get that right combo. So, um, and again, I, I think I already talked about this, but I had another six of six lineup with Fleetwood and, and a couple other guys and it flamed out way worse than this. So it just shows you, you know, like, um, Henley had a great DFS weekend. Redmond obviously with like the, the bogey free rounds, um, Burns was great on the weekend as well. So such a big difference 
with the scoring in a score fest like this with guys yeah. getting bonuses and birdies than, you know, um, versus like uh, tougher field events. So uh, crazy weekend, you know, lots of, this one definitely had a good one, but um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I didn't get web in there for sure. Yeah. I, I totally understand. Um, as we move into mine, uh, the way I broke it out, I played web in only pretty much this only lineup, which was the $500. And this is where I got cute with Charles Schwartzel instead of Henrik Norlander. Like I said, I, it still was well in the cash. Dr. Ebden, Kevin Kisner, we've, we've talked about pretty much this whole show last week. They were basically my core. Um, Hoot, obviously, as well. Harold Varner, it was a good switch for me. I went and looked. I had McNeely in there at first. And then when I saw Varner at 10%, I'm like, oh, I think Varner's a much safer play than McNeely. McNeely really relies on the putter, where Varner relies doesn't rely on the putter. He can get it done without it and caught one. So, was really happy with it. Um, happy with the way it broke out. I know Bazaiden who wasn't the optimum play, even with putting Norlander in there, who was my second choice over Schwartz. It still uh, gets me 40 more points. Uh, it's still not a top 10 lineup in the $500 where I did. $100 is where I had a chance. Uh, going into Sunday, I was in third, but Joaquin Neiman just totally fizzled out. And William Gordon, although it was a good play, 86 points for 6,800, Denny McCarthy was the play there. I had $100, could have gone to McCarthy. I, it would have been uh, I think I would have come in third if I had gone McCarthy over Gordon. But still, it was really Neiman, um, Neiman and Lowry uh, not coming down. And Siwoo Kim not winning, that also cost uh, cost me big there. But still, it was a fun week. It was good to have a sweat. It's good to have a positive week. It had been like three weeks, I think, since I had one. So good to be back on the, uh, on the positive side. So we are going to look to, again, have a positive week this week. Sal, Jeff, thank you guys so much for joining me this week. We're going to have the top 70 players moving on to the BMW Championship next week. And then, of course, the Tour Championship, followed by a uh, stop out in wine country before we head back to the East Coast for the United States Invitational slash Open. We'll call it the United States. It's called the U.S. Open, but it's really an Invitational this year. Um, Okay, Sal, Jeff, really quickly, I haven't done this yet, but who wins this week? Sal, you go first. Oh, who wins this week? Okay, let's. Uh, I'm going to go with. I mean, this one probably isn't as sneaky. Actually, you know what? Let's just go off the board. I'll go Seb Straka. Seb Straka's going to win. All right, all right. That is bold. Which, I love it. Yeah, which I mean, I, I was going to say Cantley, but now I got to go bet the outright on him. Yeah, the, the long irons are there and the distance is there too. And then you get anything with the putters. So let's go, uh, Seb Straka. I'm going to go find the outright number on him now. All right, I love it, Jeff. Uh, give me, give me your bold take then for the week. I was expecting, like you know. Can't lay someone. Yeah, can't lay Bryson. Yeah, just drops up shotguns. Okay, I was gonna be. Bold. I'm gonna say Seewoo Kim, man. I really feel like he uh, he is trending towards a win. Again, only 25 years old. People kind of forget how talented he is. So I'm gonna go Seewoo getting it done. Yeah, players champion against you know the strongest field in golf. So n- no qualms with beating a strong field. So all right, everybody, that will do it for the PGA DFS first look show for the Northern Trust. Uh, come right back here same time next week for the BMW Championship. And until then, everybody, see you on the other side. Cheers.